And now we're back with part two of the remix. This is not a remix, but this is what it is. My headphone keeps going in and out, so I can't hear myself. I don't know if this is what we're feeling now, but I'm going to unhook my microphone from the mic stand because I don't understand what's going on. But my headphone, I don't like that my headphone's going in and out. That means I need a new headset. That means I need a new headset. I'm taking it off the stand and now we're free from the mic stand. Now it's in my hand. And yes, this is what it's come to for season two. You could be annoyed or go get a toy because you're a dog. No, you're not a dog, but I'm trying to find words that rhyme together. But this is why I am always happy under any kind of weather. I know the mic is on, but I can't hear myself. That's a problem. But this is the intro before the intro. So we're going to get this problem solved. And this is where we're at with it. Part two, the remix. We're going to be talking about teens on drugs. Drug-induced teens, this is what I mean. I'm on the scene. Now we're talking good, all up in the hood. So let's go right into the intro. you lovable cool cats and kittens like nah let me start (laughs) first off i just want to say i am kind of like irked because my headphones really gave out like in last episode where i said i only had one i have none working now so i have to get new headphones for this set but welcome to another edition of an aos productions what's it called what is it called you may ask We're still taking drugs, but it's Euphoria, the next generation. Part two, the remix. All right. So in this two part, in this, well, in this second part, I'm about to say two parter, like we're not already in the two parter, but um, y'all know what I meant. And this second part is going to predominantly be about Euphoria and as well as comparing it or seeing like how one affected the other and how one um led up to the other if that makes sense so without further ado let's get into this new new all right so to start off with the synopsis euphoria is an adaption of an israeli show of the same name and all the episodes are written by sam levinson the series is partnered with a24 and ironically not only is the show executive produced by zendaya and sam levinson but it is also executive produced by drake wheelchair jimmy himself alongside his manager future the prince 
isn't that funny that's a whole full circle moment like let's let's discuss that really quick that is such a full circle that the dude who played or who was part of one of the most iconic scenes in Degrassi history executive produces the show that is basically like Degrassi on HBO you know but I give Euphoria credit because it does show a more grittier side of how teenage how the new generation of teenagers are as well as the filming and the creative direction it took because I will say looking at Euphoria is aesthetically aesthetically pleasing drinking some vitamin water girl it's the shit anyway so the show premiered in june 2019 and the series was renewed for a second season a month after the show was released in july but due to covid stopping the entire world we did not get season two until january of this year 2022 and a month later was renewed for season three in which we probably won't get until 2024 now to go over the reception of euphoria when it first came out when it first came out i wasn't paying attention i'll say this when euphoria season one came out i was more so focused on pose i was not paying attention to euphoria I didn't pay attention to Euphoria until the buzz came out about season two. And I was like, let me go check this shit out because Pose was done. But I will say this, 2019 when Pose aired, oh, you couldn't tell me nothing. You couldn't tell me nothing. I wasn't watching any other show but Pose. I digress. I may restart watching that show, girl. But I digress. So... I caught on to season after the season two buzz. Everybody was hyped because no, there was no preview. There was no, you know, promo. They just, boom, here's the trailer. Oh, shit. And then everybody spazzed the hell out. And that was that for Euphoria, basically. Now, I want to say that overall the show itself i give it its credit like i said um in 2006 levinson began drafting different versions of what eventually became what we know now as euphoria based on his drugs as a teen his like drug and anxiety and depression as a teenager and his struggles with those things and what he said was there is a there is a consistent anxiety that exists in this generation that he informed in the whole entire filmmaking process and it's good that he pointed that out because I will say me growing up period and just being who I am today I dealt with bad anxiety as a child luckily I had parents who saw that and who took action about it instead of being in denial no tea no shade I do recommend that if you see something that is just a little bit off or not even off but just a little bit if your child is delayed in certain aspects whether it comes to emotions physical um mental learning 
hop on top of that because I'm not going to hold you. This girl who had an IEP also graduated 3.0 and on the dean's list coming out with a bachelor's degree in college. Hello. So just because your child has anxiety, just because your, your child has bipolar, just because your child struggles with certain things, that does not mean that they are less than or their development is like slower than the others respectfully and even if it is it's okay that's why they have teachers aides that's why they have programs that's why they have help being real but i digress on that as well so as i was looking into it i really wanted to just see how like first off the show itself I want to say has more of a appeal to the younger generation like I said for my gener- so my introduction to certain shows of course I had Degrassi first I had Degrassi the next generation that introduced me to the teen dramas but then when the British invasion came and I'm talking about skins I'm talking about shows on the end. I'm talking about shows on MTV such as Awkward um, and um, RJ Berger and shows like that that did tackle certain teen issues but in a dark comedic way. And then some just really tackled those teen issues. It really did open my eyes. So seeing Euphoria, I wasn't really, I want to say, gagged, gooped, pooped, and scooped when I saw it. But it was nice to see a show, although they weren't played by teens, they're played by kids my age. And it's kind of funny, because literally the cast of Euphoria, as well as myself, we're all the same age. Straight like that. And looking at them and looking at myself in 2019, I'm like, yeah, you could tell we were in our early 20s. And season two, you could definitely tell we in our mid. Except for Maddie. She's a vampire. But she looked good. Respectfully. So, in season two, we're just getting introduced to the cast as a whole to either hate them, love them, lose support of them, or just forget them in the later seasons. And season one was received very well. And whether you like it or not, everybody knew a Maddie, Cassie, Kat, Rue, Nate in high school, and you can't tell me different. Now, maybe not on the extent of how the show portrays it, but you knew a girl or a guy who did smoke or drink or had ways to cope with their mental like issues and stuff like that such as eating disorders and things like that and they use substances to cope with that and to numb that pain I knew a few in high school and I hope all of you are doing well and I hope all of you are doing better and I hope you found a healthier way to cope with those things later down the line and I genuinely mean that um I knew a Cassie personally I like to say I was at a point of Cassie right after high school but right before I got with my ex-girlfriend hey girl um I only want to say that because there was a time I was after my first um experience and encounter I just was doing things just to make the guy happy instead of really just loving myself and doing things for Tasia that would make Tasia happy and 
I'm proud to say that Tasia's very happy with herself and in her choices. She's still learning and recovering from her last relationship, but at the same time, she's definitely not in that mindset that she was when she was 18, 19 years old. Respectfully, and I'm proud of her. Super proud. And I'm pretty sure younger Tasia is definitely prouder, like proud of me too. Um what else could I say? Also, season one, every episode had great reception. Beautiful reception and great reception in the season and season one. Like you you just saw the memes. You couldn't help. Zendaya got her accolades because she did that. And I see why she got her damn Emmy. And I see why she is the youngest African-American woman. Y'all correct me on that. If you want to go to hell, she is the youngest African-American woman to receive the lead actress in a drama TV series for a reason. For a reason. Okay? If you want, you could check out my It's Called the Emmys episode for, you know, the show list back in season one. Just letting y'all know that. You know? That was a good episode. All my outcome predictions came true. Except for one. But, you know, just to let you know. Anyway. So then, um, but when it came to season two, damn, man, I mean, me personally, season one was like the introduction and, um, visually pleasing both seasons. The whole show is visually pleasing. Like it really, I really do like the camera angles, the camera shots, everything. I like it. It's just that with season two, it was a lot of plot holes within that season that if you look at it if you look at season one and compare it to season two i looked at season one i'm like okay so why did we even have mckay if he wasn't even gonna be in the damn show come season two what the fuck was his purpose the token is that what we needed a token because that's what it came off as because we didn't see him or his brothers or even gia in the damn season two being for real and then we got season two and honestly season two had parts that i was here for then it had parts that i just did not care for was not here for made me sad and I guess, like, the impact season two had on me was different than it had on my brother and how it had, how it had on fans that watched it the first season when it aired and have been waiting so long to get the second season that this was the outcome of the second season. It's like, that's it? Like, we waited three years for this? I know y'all was mad as hell. Just like how Game of Thrones fans were mad at season eight. Like me, I'm like, eh, damn. But people like my brother... Shouts out to you, D. I love you. Love you, bruh, bruh. But um, just like when how he felt when he saw Game of Thrones Season 8 and that child was waiting a whole year for Season 8. That was the most disappointed I saw my brother when it came to his show. He just looked distraught and hurt. But this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happens when the writing takes a left turn and it keeps going left instead of doing a U-turn right back because it realized it made that wrong turn. So it just keeps going. 
knowing they're not going the right way but they're like fuck it we're going left this time and that's what they wanted now the the criticism and controversy that the show faced the show's explicit content including self-harm excessive drug use and sexual material the guardian wrote that the writers should find the new find new and different ways to shock audiences and i personally just said and this is in my notes well a show about high schoolers on hbo i'd expect it to be some shit like even when we saw degrassi like remember degrassi was a canadian show american shows were not talking about about teens was not talking about drug use and 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 things like that that they were talking about at school shootings it wasn't talking about because columbine had just happened so it was like ah, still fresh still new and everything um in the defense of like i said i think the only reason why people didn't like it is because america's still trying to hide the fact that you know we're a very perverted ass country so they want to make it uncomfortable and it's like eh, is it really this is what teens do like listen maybe not on this extent but i'm pretty sure if we asked a few kids that went to a suburban or a very urban school i mean i'm just saying i know about the stories at campus high school in east orange and i know a few girls that was getting caved in in the in the staircases trust me i know i know if i I know a few things that happened at that school that shouldn't have happened but it was the reality of peer pressure and teens and i'm never for the older guy being with a younger girl that's in high school however i do know a few young girls that were into older guys outside of high school and these girls were 16 17 dealing with someone who was 21 22 all t so i think what made critics and consumers quote unquote uncomfortable was that this was actually the truth of the matter and this is really how it was and it became in high schools especially because euphoria touches to me euphoria touches on something heavier than degrassi didn't Degrassi would took place in the early 2000s and going into later on and like basically throughout the 2000s euphoria takes place in the late 2010s early 2020s so you think of the impact social media has had between those eras alone and even so the pic like in season one where cassie's pictures were getting shown around and her videos were getting shown and this that and the third y'all remember those exposed pages in high school on in our teen years early 2010s late 20 late 2000s early 2010s even late 2010s well no i don't think they were doing late 20s because only fans came out i think around that time yeah but if you went to school between the years of 08 to 2016 you knew about those damn exposed pages so euphoria just touches on things that the millennial generation has already encountered and that Gen Zers are really going through at the moment. Now, I want to talk about the cast because the cast deserves appreciation. They deserve to be appreciated. If I could just scroll the hell up. Okay. 
So our characters include, we're going to go off, you know, yeah. Rue Bennett. Ruby Bennett. <laughs> so this is why I put for all of them uh, my own words. So Rue Bennett is kind of a kind of sort of struggling recovering addict. Um, also, for those who didn't see the show, y'all requested it, so y'all most likely did. But for those who really just, it didn't make your head turn. Um, after the loss of her father, well, really before, um, her psychiatrist, therapist, as a child, they put her on a lot of medicated things to help her, um, bipolar, her OCD and things like that. And then early drugging and children, with you know medicines that they think they need but then they don't i'll give my mom credit because i wasn't on adderall or ritalin for my adhd i only took concerta and that was it and the highest dosage i went was 400 and i was good off that i didn't take adderall or ritalin so i do recommend doing your research if you are going to put your child in ieps or get them like checked out and everything do your research on these medicines and then her father passes away and then she basically struggles with her addiction and i'm not talking about just weed i'm not talking about just alcohol i'm saying this girl is taking zans perks oxys roxys sticks um i'm not gonna spoil too much but y'all she go there and then we have jules vaughn who is a transgender girl who has issues of her own and when i say issues of her own basically come like basically trying to be herself in her in her way but also still coming to terms with like hey you're not that much of a good person as you may think girl and she knows that um lexi howard rue's best friend as well as cassie's little sister um lexi out of the whole cast is the normal one she really is the normal one respectfully as she should be because she shook that fucking school up when she did that damn play yeah girl as she should anyway maddie perez and i literally put it girl who was in a toxic relationship with nate and is currently still healing from that um maddie like most it girls like most strong confident girls they find that one person that tries to shed them and 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 steal their confidence away from them but she takes it back full force and don't worry this is just the beginning speaking of just the beginning we have cassie howard girl has daddy issues and who will do anything and everything for a man if that means she can have him we all know what happens with cassie and this is a perfect example of a character's writing how a character is written excuse me and how it could go from really good and i love cassie and i relate to her to oh my god cassie's a cunt (laughs) and that's the treatment cassie got and it's unfortunate she got that treatment but girl she got that damn treatment honey she got that mother loving treatment um yeah and I could relate to, and now, like I said, I could relate to Cassie because I'm like, you, we all had that moment. Well, not all of us, but some girls do go through a time of weakness where it's like, if I please him, then maybe he'll see me as this whole time. You just got to start loving yourself and being true to yourself and being who you are that way. They'll just come to you naturally. 
Um, then we have Nate Jacobs, a sociopath, psychotic jock who toys with women and is also frustrated with coming to terms with his own set with his own sexual awakening. Nate is a trip. And like I say, like I said, he's coming to terms with his own sexual awakening. That's probably why I think he became the most toxic because I feel like he's had moments of thinking about men and also being attracted to Jules, who's a transgender girl, but still having love for Maddie, but still thinking of men. A lot of times when a man is coming to terms with his sexual awakening, he can't handle the fact that, hey, I might just be. I might just be yeah and we see how and we see how it gets to him during that play because girl the the whole school knew about it okay another example of writing that went wrong cat hernandez a plus-size girl who is still trying to deal with her own insecurities in ways that aren't going to completely fix them i wrote that because we know cat becomes a cam girl now she's a big she's a plus size girl that tries to take take her confidence you know because one thing about it which is true you cannot get to a confident big girl if you're a plus size and you're confident yeah you can't you really can't touch them it's just like okay and what else and what's next okay and all right you really can't even do anything to get to them or under their skin completely what with cat on the other hand she just really had to really find securities in herself because even after she would do what she would do she would still be not pleased with herself and who she was as a person and also it's unfortunate because her insecurities as well as her hurt ended up leaving her to gaslight ethan team ethan all the way y'all who led, who led her to gaslight Ethan and to make her feel like crap will make him feel like crap because she just didn't love herself. And because when you don't love yourself, and this is also, I can relate to Kat on this. When you don't love yourself, you don't think, you start to think that you're not deserving of love when that's a damn lie. Everybody is deserving of love, but you have to love yourself first in order to know what that true love feels like, respectfully. Um... For Fezco, I put white boy Rick, but he sells and he's a good guy, just sells drugs. And um, yeah. With his main man, his little brother Ash Trey. Like, what's good? I have no complaints. Also, Fezco, I really I swear for God. If they kill him off and Lexi is without her Fezco, and I don't even see them go on a damn date. I'm gonna be mad, y'all. But yeah, I ain't got a problem with Fest, cause what he do? He just sell his drugs. And he loves Rue. And he fucking with Lexi. That's all I gotta say. He just a pusher. However, he's a pusher with a conscience. And when I say a pusher with a conscience, he He literally, now I'm thinking about it, he really didn't sell rude drugs after he said he was done he was done selling rude drugs because the first episode rue has an overdose or at least it's showing the outcome of her having an overdose and her going to rehab and this that, and the third but she wasn't fully clean so fezco was telling her like nah bro i put you in this situation and i'm gonna feel bad if you really like that's gonna fuck me up if you died because i sold you the drugs you know but 
I respected him for being, I respected the writers for pulling that on for him. It's just that Euphoria overall is a good show. Like I said, it's nothing wrong with Euphoria, but it is disappointing how the writing can go from A1 and being received so well to literally what the fuck happened. And then from season one, I liked what they did with the Cassie and Maddie situation because Cassie has shown signs that she is just a little bit selfish when it comes to her own personal gain and she tells herself that she is a nice person whole time you do some really you know shitty shit you know like I don't care if they were broken up the fact that she went out and fucked her best friend's boyfriend ex-boyfriend whatever knowing that he was in a knowing that she was in a very toxic tumultuous relationship with him and you proceed to have sex with him and then instead of showing that you have remorse for it you literally cower out and then you promote and parade with him up and down the hallways damn you know and then from cat having a whole storyline in season one but then having nothing come season two because of behind the scenes drama personally i'm not gonna get into the behind the scenes drama because that will probably tie into the next segment of this episode but that just shows a lot and it shows why a lot of great shows really don't last after their first season you know like i personally think this you can't hit a home run first season okay i correct myself you can't have all bases loaded in the first season and then not hit a home run the next because then it's like well what the heck is all the bases loaded for strike out you know I just hope for the benefit of the cast and whatnot, it gets better. And I'm going to go on into this next segment. is which show is more superior drugs or teen pregnancy (laughs) but no I'm going to be completely honest I love both shows like I said one is aesthetically pleasing the other one is nostalgic one actually is gritty the other one does tackle more problems I will say that the reason why I feel Degrassi hits home more is only because it had a strong foundation from jump and what it did was is that granted the seasons you know they they dragged it out for the next generation they did they did they did they did they did personally that's how I feel but the first five seasons of the show were solid the first four if we're being honest, like the issues that it tackled were something that are we are still going through to today. 
we're still going through it, you know? Like, teen pregnancies happen. Drug abuse is still happening. Now we have cyberbullying. That's happening. Instead of chat rooms, we have group chats. Instead of it being news, we got OnlyFans. Instead of that, we got child... Like, we do have child pornography. And granted, with Gen Z, I'll give them this. A lot of things they're not going for... But then it's just like, I'm not going for it at this moment, but we could continue to talk about it a year later, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be fine with it then. You know? So, my issue with Euphoria is that it had a good foundation season one. It had a very good and great foundation season one. But from season one to season two outside of covid restrictions outside of covid and everything that covid prevented people from doing how does a show that gets recept like received so well reception is skyrocketing automatically renewed a month later after i mean (laughs) no tea no shade pose got renewed for season three after episode one season two i digress but when it comes to a show that gets that much critically acclaimed um, rounds of applause, how does it go from this to what it is now? Excuse me, I had the burp. My point is, is that how did behind the scenes antics cause a show because you've seen it you've seen it because i'm like it's no way you have it is no way that you have damn it is no way that you have one of the main characters from season one referring to cat and because the actress as well as the director had I guess drama behind the scenes, Sam Levinson and Barbie Ferreira, to a point where now she's not even going to be on the next season. If you didn't know, now you know. Which is crazy because it's just like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would he... Why is he already messing up a formula that isn't already four seasons in? Shit, I mean, even with freaking friends, they didn't have Monica and Chandler actually get together until what, fifth season? The only ones who you could tell who actually had chemistry was Ross and Rachel, but we knew that from Jump, because Ross liked Rachel from Jump. But as of friends actually becoming more than friends and being lovers, Monica and Chandler didn't, that didn't start happening until four or five seasons down you know so when I say Degrassi hits home is because they tested it and they had more of a driving force with it from Jump Street you mean to tell me a show that started in 1979 you compare 1979 to 2009 the difference is right there 
You compare 1986 to 2006. The difference is right there. But yet, the creators of that show were able to continue a franchise 40 years and more? That's insane. And also, the characters, also, for one, it was teens playing teens. Okay, now with Euphoria, I'm not going to do too much on the cast because they were my generation and whatnot. And we do have baby faces. That just proves it. However, it's just that knowing that if we see, like knowing that they're doing the best that they can is what makes the show good. You know, and seeing Degrassi over the years and you saw these kids grow up. You know, you saw grade seven, which is Emma, Manny, Liberty, JT, Toby, and Sean. You saw them grow up. You saw them go from those quirky, nerdy, awkward little uh, seventh graders into these, you know, mature, somewhat teenagers, 16, 17 year olds. You wasn't seeing that too often in television. You can't see that too often in television today. So it makes it difficult to try and it makes it difficult to try and completely compare or at least have two shows that are similar just different approaches compete against each other like I said I wasn't going to be biased and I'm not trying to be but I had to be fair to euphoria because undeniably Degrassi's gonna knock it out the park because the writer literally the creators of like I said I'm gonna say it again the creators of Degrassi have proved if it's if it's not broke don't fix it I don't know what the writers as well as creative directors were thinking about euphoria but let's be logical you mean to tell me Rue stole Ten thousand, or at least has ten thousand dollars worth of drugs. She like she, they flush down the toilet. She loses them or whatever, and she easily unscathed escaped from the drug teacher's house. And then at the end of the season, she was clean for the rest of the school year. That doesn't make sense to me. Or at least, for instance, um. The friendship dynamic, the fact that we had such a powerful, strong friendship duo with Cassie and Maddie, and then it became what it is now is crazy. The fact that Kat had really such a strong ass storyline and one of the most important storylines in the first season to a non-existing role in the show's next season what makes a show good is consistent writing and good writers you cannot have a show where it's kind of like lazy writing because overall if we're going to be real we all love euphoria you got the characters they look good you got zendaya and even so i don't even see freaking zendaya as zendaya in euphoria like in shake it up you saw zendaya as um rocky 
and Casey undercover. You saw Zendaya playing Casey undercover. And Euphoria, I see Rue Bennett. <laughs> I don't even match. It's like, damn, Zendaya's a really good actress. But I don't even match Zendaya to Rue Bennett. It's just like, this is Rue Bennett who's played by Zendaya, not Zendaya playing Rue Bennett. You know? Even so, with um, Sydney Sweeney, her acting in season two was definitely channeled on how she like could show broader acting skills and legit just be like okay all right okay i mean she was coming on set ready to cry every day that is exhausting okay that is extremely exhausting all right um even with Even with Nate, I want to say Nate's calmness scares the shit out of me because I'm actually like, when I look at him, I'm like, yo, this is actually really scary and it's making me like really nervous. Like, is this how you really are? And that's, it's very scary. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm, he really is crazy. He is a crazy motherfucker, y'all. Ugh. I digress. Um, what else about it? It's just that with lazy writing today in shows, and in, even in the entertainment industry period, but I'm not going to broad off too much. I'm just going to talk about these two shows. Lazy writing is a perfect example of euphoria only because the the um, music is good. The soundtrack, Labyrinth, I fucking love that first season soundtrack, period. The soundtrack is good to Euphoria. The cast is good. And they're very appealing to look at for Euphoria. The storyline. And how it is a gritty version of what the kids in the suburbs go through. And how their their lives are not that different from the kids in the urban areas. But they just have different means of actually coping with them. It's just that you can't expect that to always carry your show and because season one was received so well and so great and like oh my god this show is amazing it's like the writers and everybody assumed well it doesn't matter what we put out now they're still gonna eat it up and unfortunately we did because season three is coming are they gonna be able to turn it around i don't know and it's unfortunate because if you do look at season one, the toning, like the lighting is lighter and it's more like a euphoric fun way. And it's you're looking at it like, oh, this is cool, man. This is really cool versus where season two. OK, we getting dark with it. Oh, what? What? Oh, bitch. Oh, so burn it. <laughs> Like, legit burn them all, okay? Targaryen style. Um, and it's just upset. It's not upsetting, but it's disappointing. Um, as for Degrassi, I can't, I can't say too much on them because, but I will say this, they dragged it out. They did. Because personally, I feel like once, how can I put it? I'm not going to shit on the later classes. I'm not going to shit on class of 2011, which was Sav, Holly J, 
um Anya and them I'm not gonna shit on Adam Claire Eli's Casey's class I'm not gonna shit on them I just personally feel like the storylines became too recycled at that point you know what I'm saying like oh Ashley had an e-pill oh JT almost overdosed on oxys oh Peter's on fucking meth oh Eli MDM LSD acid oh shit like it became recycled to a point however for each little generation that watched it they ate it up they ate it the fuck up and it's crazy um overall both shows are great Degrassi's always gonna have my nostalgic heart because I'm never gonna forget how excited I was to just see new episodes and to just see how it really turned out and whatnot and how excited me and my brother used to be to tune in to a new episode of Degrassi and things like that when it comes to euphoria I just want it to be better I just want the writing to work out and apparently they're recording well they're about to start filming for season three either right now or come the beginning of next year so we won't see it till 2024 so when i'm on tv and i'm talking about euphoria the new season and stuff like that we're gonna you know we're gonna look back on this day and laugh um but i do want to say degrassi is the superior one euphoria had something good going but this is what happens when the reception overpowers the actual writing and the actual plot lines and how the story should actually play out in the show you know we're so like we're so caught up into the aesthetically pleasing filming of it that bitch we we just we just overlooking the writing the hell the bullshit you know what else could i say about the show what else could i say about euphoria favorite characters i love them all (laughs) i love euphoria it's just that if we're going to talk about it we gotta speak facts and the truth this is just what it is and as twitter was saying manuela santos walked down that hallway in her g-string so maddie perez could run to the bathroom in her little black dress and hey and hey but this was a great episode i appreciate you guys being so patient with me for the two-parter thank you guys so much for tuning in to another aos production episode of what's it called what's it called you may ask dare to be different don't do drugs whatever it takes don't do drugs okay but i'm about to spark up i ain't gonna hold y'all i digress y'all have a good one good night everybody